I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Anyone here make it to, or how many of you here made it to Heart of the Cities yesterday? Uh, had a, a wonderful day out there at the state fairgrounds. It's so great when the people of God get together. Uh, so many different ethnic uh, churches, ethnic backgrounds, people just getting together, worshiping as one body of Christ, uh, fellowshipping together. God really showed up. It was powerful. Thank God for that. And tonight, just to say a little preview on this, the African Children's Choir, if you've never heard them, uh, it is outstanding. And uh, if you can make it, I, I'd encourage you to make it. Second Corinthians chapter 2. I, I know I said several weeks ago that I, I don't know how I'm ever going to preach on anything other than Genesis chapter 3. Um, well, some things have happened that have led me to believe that I am not supposed to preach on Genesis chapter 3. Uh, just going in a different direction. And part of it is building on what Peggy preached on last week. I appreciate her filling in and, and uh, delivering that word and those military fatigues. Uh, th- this has to do with that topic. Paul says this in, in verse 10. But whom you for, forgive anything, I forgive also. For indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Now listen to this. In order that no advantage be taken of us by Satan. For we are not ignorant. Everybody say, we are not ignorant. Of his schemes. Say, of his schemes. Apparently, it's possible to be ignorant of his schemes. And when you do, we can take advantage of you. We need to be uh, awake and aware of Satan and his schemes. When I was in sixth grade, there was a guy on our block, we actually the block over, but in our area, who was just a, a first-class bully. He was mean, he was big, he was nasty, he was always in trouble. Uh, being sent away to Totem Town, he'd come back. And, and, he, and, and he just, he was just this, everyone was afraid of him. And he had this kind of scary crowd. And they were always pushing the rest of us around. One summer when I was in sixth grade, going into seventh grade, uh, we were on the ballpark, me and my friends. And there's only one ballpark in this area. And whenever these bullies would decide they wanted to play ball, they'd just run us off the park and we had to break up our game and then they'd play ball. So this happened several times and I was getting really ticked off at this. It was really making me mad. But this guy was scary. I mean, confronting him was not an easy thing. No one ever did it, in fact. But there was one time, I guess it was towards the end of summer, when Jim, the mean guy, and his gang came up to the ballpark when we were playing ball. And we were having a great game. It was so fun. I don't know what it was. We were just having a blast. And all of a sudden, here they come, and we start packing our bags. It's like, oh, shoot, we've got to stop now. But something inside of me got really, really bad. And Jim came over here, and he was kind of laughing. His guy said, okay, you guys, we're taking over. And I don't remember thinking or premeditating what I said, but it was something like, no, we were here first. And he stopped and turned at me. And he says, yeah, but we're here now. And I walked over from the dugout, and I walked up to him. And inside of me, my, my heart was going, you know. But I just said, we're not leaving. We were here first. We have a couple more innings. Then you can take over. And he pushed me and said, who do you think you are? I said, we're taking over. And the last thing I remember saying is, 
back off, sucker. <laughs> and I pushed him back. And uh, inside of me, there was a lion that just roared. Just a ferociousness that just came to the surface. And I, you know, all the kids in the park got quiet. They all gathered around. Something's going down here. And uh, the only thing I remember is him being on the ground and me pulverizing his face. Um, and that wasn't godly. <laughs> but although I think maybe he needed a lesson. The only other thing I remember about it is his parents calling me that night and threatening a lawsuit because he needed dental work. Uh, you know, <laughs> see, here's the thing. That wasn't godly. I think, you know, he deserved that. But, but that wasn't a godly thing. But there is a part of us, a ferociousness inside of us that is appropriate. Not all of that is ungodly. And sometimes I think we need to get in touch with that. And what I feel right now, actually, towards Satan and the whole spiritual realm is that same kind of ferociousness. I have that back-off-sucker mentality inside of me. As the lieutenant of this platoon, I've got to tell you, uh, we are under attack. We are under attack. And I, I don't... I don't push that button very often. I don't remember ever like just saying that out loud. I don't live in the fear of the devil. I don't find a devil behind every marital problem and every headache. I, I, don't, you know, I don't live in that reality. I'm not at all paranoid. I'm very confident uh, in, in the Lord. and I, I, you know, I, That's just my mode of operation, but I'm telling you that, that we're under attack. Um, and there's a lot of evidence for it. One thing is this. Uh, we've had a number of people, intercessors, whose buzzers have been going off, and uh, sometimes that happens, and you, you don't see anything confirming it. But we're seeing a lot of things confirming it. In fact, a few people who have, who have given reports on what they're getting when they're, they're praying have specifically mentioned things that uh, only I and Janice and maybe one or two other people know about. That makes you start paying attention. There has been a, a pattern here. When you, when, you, when you stand where I stand, you see some things, and there's a pattern that I that it goes way beyond coincidence. The picture I get in my mind is something like this. It's, it's like a, a rope that's being pulled really tight. And when a rope's being pulled tight, it's the weak, the weak strands that are the first ones to come on, I, I become afraid. I got a word two weeks ago, and it's been about two weeks that this warfare has been intense, that, had, uh, that said, weak, every weak link will be tested and some will break. I shared that in a prayer meeting that we were, that we were, we were, we were in. There is just an intensification of warfare in the spiritual realm. And we all have weak links. We all have Achilles heels. Achilles heels. We all have uh, weak strands in our life. And, that's, and, and so some of this is ordinary human stuff. But what happens in a time, in a season of attack, is a, a, a far greater proportion, way beyond coincidence, uh, a greater proportion of those start to snap. And so what we've, seen in the, what we've seen in the last two weeks, and it's been uncanny, is, is things like marriages blowing up. Now you get marriage blowing up here and there all the time, but, but there's a pattern that's going on. Kids rebelling way more than, than is or normal in a fallen world. Uh, sicknesses, uh, pastors at the hospital a lot, other people in the hospital, tragedies going on. Just 
way beyond a statistical norm. You see, uh, people being plagued with different sicknesses and illnesses. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, the pattern is way beyond uh, what you could explain on the basis of just coincidence. There's also been a, a, a spirit of lethargy that has crept in on a lot of people. A, a, a sense of uh, waning of commitment. The edge is gone. The intensity is gone. The eye of the tiger is gone. And they haven't even noticed it to a, to a large degree. I think that some of the problems with the offering are, are a symptom of this. There's just sort of a spirit of, of like, yeah, you know, it's summertime and, and there's a coasting sort of thing going on. There's been a sense of discouragement among a number of people, a, a sense of dis, uh, depression in a lot of people. Uh, a number of people, in the last two weeks I'm talking about, have said things like uh, they have suicidal thoughts and there's been several attempts of suicide going down. I get hostile phone calls a couple times a year, but in the last two weeks it's been like, you know, a regular thing. People just getting ornery over weird stuff. See, there, there is an attack going on. And, and it's easy for us in our Western mindset to say, well, you know, the law of averages, that's just kind of normal stuff. But you know what the Bible says? That our struggle is not primarily against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers and authorities in dark places. There's a war going on, amen? There's a battle that's taking place. and We, we can't be ignorant of the schemes. It's hit home close to me personally, aside from just the church thing. But as some of you already know, I, I got a bad report yesterday. I have uh, this genetic thing where I get growths on me every once in a while. I've had ten of them now. And normally they're not too serious. I've had a couple that have been more serious. But uh, I, two weeks ago, there's this growth that started. And it grew incredibly quick. It, got, it, it was doubling every three days. And after two weeks, it was the size that these things normally get after six months. And so I went in to see the doctor, and, and he thought, okay, well, we'll just take that off. I go to this uh, guy who's a specialist in this area. So he just sort of took it off. And normally, these things grow more on the surface than they do underneath the surface. When they get underneath the surface, that's, you know, the, the scary kind. But normally, when they grow that fast, they don't grow underneath the surface very much. Uh, and so he was sure that this was one of the non-scary kind. It's still cancer, but it's not the scary kind of cancer. There are non-scary kinds of cancer. They're less scary. But he called me back uh, Friday and, or Thursday night. And it turns out that it is invasive. It's, it, it's uh, growing underneath the surface. So now I have to go back and uh, take out, they have to start by taking out about a third of my lip and you know, they'll keep on taking out stuff until they get there. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's a physical thing, but it's not a God-ideal physical thing, is it? Uh, and, and there is a warfare energy behind it. I'm telling you that, that there is a, uh, a, a move going on that's hitting a number of, of, of people. Uh, weak links are being tested, Achilles heels are being shot at, and some are being broken. And what I want to say here this morning is this. We need to get in touch with that warrior spirit that God put inside of us. And rise up and say, back off, sucker. I'm really tired of this cosmic gym, this cosmic bully, thinking he can take the playground. What really ticks me off is that I know he's already been defeated on Calvary. He's been disarmed. He's not really a bully. He's a wimp. Why do we let him have any ground at all? It's time for the people of God to stand up. Amen. Amen. I just have inside of me that spirit that 
It's like the Lord just said, don't think too much about what you're going to say. Just get up and roar. And, and uh, there's a part of me that just wants to roar at this thing. I'm, I'm sick. We need to be sick of, of uh, status quo Christianity, of, of people of, of sitting on the fence, of mediocrity, of compromise, of going through the motions, of lethargy. We're sick of it. It's done. We need to be sick of the marriage that are exploding and the kids that are rebellion and the sicknesses that are going on. And there's a time for us to stand up and say, back off, sucker. There's a time to stand up and say, time to get committed. It's time to get in the battle. Time to get off the fence. Time to sell out. Time to get radical for Jesus. A time to roar. A time to get in the war. A time to take a stand. It's a time to say, this is God's ballpark and we are not moving. You don't own the field. God owns the field and we're going to fight for it. It's the time to get ferocious. Time to say, the Lord rebuke you, enemy of God. In Jesus' name, we rebuke you. In Jesus' name, we apply the victory of the cross on you. In Jesus' name, we say you are defeated. In Jesus' name, we say you are a wimp. In Jesus' name, we say you are a mockery and we walk in the victory of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's about taking a stand. You see, this isn't a game. You can say, well, you know, gosh, are you saying that the spiritual warfare can actually cause things like cancer and sicknesses and disease and tragedies that have been going on? We Western people don't usually think of that, but you know, Jesus confronted a lot of people with sicknesses and a lot of diseases and a lot of infirmities, and in every single case, He saw it as not only a physical problem, but a spiritual one, and He applied the power of God against it. That's what warfare is all about. You bet. There's a spiritual energy behind this. I want to say a couple things about this. Four little principles, and then I'm going to have us take a stand. Number one, principle number one, as we go into this thing, no fear. I love that slogan. Who came up with that slogan? What, 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 what product is that? Is that a motorcycle thing? No fear. No fear. There is no room for fear in the body of Christ. You see, the tactic here, the strategy, the scheme, is to intimidate, to discourage, to, to you know, go, oh no, what are we going to do? Oh, guys, the devil's after us, and get defensive, and get, you know, paranoid, and, and, and get scared. What's going to happen to our pastor? What's going to happen? You know, and there'll be a certain percentage of American Christians that will say, oh man, listen, I'm going to go someplace that's not getting shot at. You know? And that, that's the strategy. Or, or to, to try to, like, you know, just back off some. That, that, that is the strategy. It's, it's a time for us right now to remember. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Amen. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. Casts out all fear. Uh, the Bible says that God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. It's time for us to really realize that in Christ there is nothing to fear. Praise God. You're walking in, in, in the Spirit. There is a peace that can pass all understanding. There is a joy that can be unspeakable. There is a power that you tap into. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And in Christ, there's nothing to fear. I don't want anyone fearing. You see, here's the thing. God, God is, is, God is great. Huh? Understatement of the century. God is infinitely more powerful than the enemy ever is. And he's able to take even attacks of the enemy and turn them around to his advantage. You know, uh, I, we need to trust in his wisdom and trust in his power. I don't want anyone fearing. 
about what's going to happen. I, I got to go into, into surgery tomorrow. And I don't want anyone being afraid of that. I want people praying for me. But don't be afraid of this. I don't know what I'm going to look like in two days. I don't know what they're going to have to do. You know, uh, the guy's good at plastic surgery, but, you know, who knows what I'm going to look like. But you know what? What I know is this. God is able. If I got to learn to talk out of my ear, he can do it. All right? Don't fear it. God can turn it around. And people say, well, isn't there the possibility that, that you can die? There's the possibility that you can die. <laughs> you know, you know and, and they never do the laws of probability on, 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 on the Bible. <laughs> you know, of course there's a possibility of that. But what do you, the Bible says in, in Hebrews 2 that Jesus came to, to uh, set those who have been captive by the fear of death to free them from that fear. There's no, even in that, there is no fear. You know, God can find a way to use that to the furthering of the kingdom of God. And, and if you die on your drive on the way home, you get to graduate. You get to opt out of the war. You're the one person who does. Lucky for you, we've still got to hang around here and fight. There's no fear in, 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 in Christ Jesus, Paul says. Paul says in, in, in Romans 8 that, that neither height nor death nor principality nor power nor famine nor pearl nor sword nor cancer, I might paraphrase, can separate us from the love of God. And therefore there is no fear in the love of God. Perfect love casts out all fear. You've got nothing to lose. Those things may happen. It's a war. It gets grimy. It gets dirty. It gets ugly. But nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. And God's able to turn things around in the 11th hour. And what looks like a defeat, like the cross, actually ends up uh, turning into a victory. You've got nothing to fear, praise God. Amen. No fear. No fear. None. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus Christ. You get, you get your eyes on, on, on the stuff around you, and yeah, you start getting fearful. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus Christ. Number two, not only no fear, but check this one out. Rejoice. Rejoice. What are you, an idiot? Yeah. But see, here's the thing. It is... We Americans like to avoid fights. You know, we like to have a convenient life, a troubled-free life, you know, an easy life, everything go nice. And we even kind of try to Christianize that and have Jesus be the security device that's going to guarantee that things are always going to be wonderful in our life. And we know it's not true, but we say it anyways. But, you know, I'm sorry, there's a war going on here. And I'm not saying rejoice when you get cancer or for the cancer or rejoice that you got, you know, marriage problems. Or you, you don't rejoice in the particular warfare that you're going through. But here's something to rejoice at. You rejoice over the fact that you're worth shooting at. You know, it, it, this is, it, we're supposed to be in a battle. In fact, we're supposed to be on the front lines. And I consider it an honor uh, that, that, uh, uh, that, that, that we're in the battle. You know, and when, when you're on the front lines, there's going to be bullets flying. There's going to be grenades being thrown. There's going to be bombs going off. Don't get buggy about that. In fact, you know what? That means we're doing something right. Praise God! We're doing something right. All right, we're in the ring. We're taking a swing. It's all right. That's where it's supposed to be. Yeah, you're going to take a hit or two. And that's never fun. And I'm not saying that's pleasant. I'm not trying to be Pollyanna here. But I rejoice in the fact that we're worth shooting at. And I rejoice in the fact that we've got a God that's way bigger than we are and can give us victory. Amen? Hallelujah. Rejoice in that. You wonder, why, why is this happening now? Why is this going on now? And I, 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 usually we don't know the particulars of why things happen the way they do. Chaos theory, too many variables and all of that. But I, I, I've gotten a couple of things from the Lord that I think really land there. Number one... One of the reasons why this is happening now is that we've let our guard down somewhat. Not everybody, but, but I, as a whole, we Minnesotans get into the summer thing. We kind of coast during the summer. I think we have this idea that the fall is going to be this real push time where we're trying to get the youth center. And so, you know, there's been kind of a sense of like, okay, we'll just sort of, we're just sort of waiting now 
until, uh, you know, we really get serious about it in the fall. So the guardsmen, there's a loss of a prayer covering going on here. Uh, a loss of commitment, the solidarity, the edge, the eye of the tiger has started to wane. And, and you see, here's the thing. We all need vacations. That's wonderful. Take vacations. We all need to take breaks. That's wonderful. Take breaks. But I'm sorry to say there is no opting out of, 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 of the spiritual warfare. Uh, even on vacation, you've got to be praying. You, you never opt out of your relationship with God. And, and, and so there's no, there's no time. If you're in a, in, a, in, a, in a title fight, you don't get to take the seventh ring out. You know, here you are, here's, here's Tyson and Lewis, and, and Tyson just decides, oh, you know, I think I'll just kind of enjoy the crowd this round. Wham! You're going to get sucker punched huge. You know, you lower your arms, and that's, some of that has happened. The other thing is this. You've got to know the devil hates what's going on here. Did you think he'd sit around and go, oh, how wonderful. Now, he, hates, he hates our mission scripts. We're doing a lot of that. He hates what's going on in missions. He detests what's going on in you. God's doing some great things there. He detests what's going on in our children's ministry. He detests what's going on uh, with people getting involved in small groups. He, he detests, really hates, the, the, the kind of outrageous love that people have been getting more lately. Uh, growing in discipleship, growing in their ability to love without judgment. Man, that's, that's kingdom stuff. And the enemy hates it. Now, some of the testimonies have been great. Uh, people just, just discovering this unsurpassable love flowing to them and flowing through them. It's a wonderful thing. The devil hates it. He detests all that. He also detests what's going to be happening here in the future. And he sees it coming, so he wants to nip it in the bug. Bud. Bug. Bud. 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 What's that thing called? Okay, bud. At the start, before it gets going... The Lord showed me this just recently. Okay? It, it caused me to reframe something. And I, I've been thinking about this youth center and family center kind of this way. The goal is to have a school and, and to be uh, raising up a warrior, uh, an army of kids, and to be reaching out to the youth and see thousands of kids get off the street, get saved, become warriors, and that will be a great t- a tool of evangelism to do it. And fundraising is kind of the means we've got to go through to get that. That's been the way I've been thinking about it. Now, that is the goal. Certainly, we want to have that. It's a tool of, of ministry. It's going to be powerful. But what the Lord showed me is this. That, it's been kind of a mind-boggling thing for me, actually. He says, Greg, the, the, pro- the process of, of, of getting people on board with this, that's not a means to the end. That's part of the end. That the, the very process of, of going through this, of, of get, that it is going to change the, the atmosphere and the nature of Woodland Hills Church. And what the Lord showed me is this. I've been wondering, how are we going to raise four or five million dollars for this youth center? I mean, Lord, how are we going to do that? That's just like so much. And the Lord was, I heard the Lord in my spirit chuckle at that. Like, ha! You think that's a problem? Don't even worry about that. In fact, really, I have a sense of like, you ought to be thinking about doing that and paying off the debt. Uh, you know, if you get people, uh, but it's not about the money. It's about heart. And God wants to use this process to begin to solidify hearts and walking in obedience and getting on board with a vision and learning the principles of the kingdom that you reap what you sow and starting to buy into God's economy and it's going to change everything and the devil hates it. The devil doesn't detest that. So we're taking hits now. Why now? Well, there's a lot of things we're shooting at. But in the midst of all this, look at, don't, see, rejoice. Because even this, God has got this ingenious ability to turn things around in the 11th hour. What looks like defeat is actually victory. Everything in the kingdom is topsy-turvy. Even this attack right here and right now, God is already, with His words, using it to His advantage. Uh, enemy, this was the stupidest thing you ever did to us because God's going to turn that right on your face. He's going to build us up to be a convicted unity warrior army kingdom battalion. 
the stupidest thing he ever did. Well, not stupid. It's the stupidest thing is crucifying Jesus. That backfired. And see, if the people of God will rise up and stand and be counted, become a Gideon's army, not everyone's going to do this. No, but, but if we have a Gideon's army, the whole thing backfires. So what the enemy intends for evil, God intends for good. A third thing is simply this. And I've already said it. It's time to sell out and unite. Now, here's the thing. In times like this, where there's an intensification of warfare, there are weak links that are strained to the point where they can't think about anything else, but they're straining. There are some that break and, and, and have to take, temporarily take a time off or, or whatever, some snap. Those who are immature in Christ, they, they back off. They get intimidated. They leave. They, they, they want to, they, they, they're still living for self, so they want, it, they want a religion that you know, just kind of meets their needs and, and helps them you know, just live a nice life and, and complement their already very comfortable uh, American lifestyle. All the more reason why any who know what's going on need to overcompensate and get involved in the battle right here and right now. Right here in the middle of the summer when everything's kind of in a lull, now is the time to put the, to put the throttle to the floor and to sell out and to be counted, to be committed. I'm going to need to be out of action here for about four weeks. And that bugs me. As lieutenant of this platoon, it bugs me. I, 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 it's, it's so hard for me to, to step out. But God can use that for the good. But I want to challenge you this. We're going to have four uh, people uh, preaching throughout July, and, and uh, 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 Irwin McManus and Ephraim will be here and others. And I want to challenge you in this way. The lieutenant has got to leave for a little bit. But you don't follow the lieutenant primarily. You follow the captain. I just follow the captain's order. And the captain's not leaving. The captain is here. And so I want to encourage you in this way. In whatever way that you've ever thought about being committed, be committed. Uh, we need to show solidarity by being here. Solidarity going through this whole thing. Uh, you know, take vacations and whatever you need to do. But I want to encourage you now to, to just step up. And I don't even know what that looks like for you. Uh, what do you look like when you are a radical, sold-out warrior? Step outside of yourself right now. Look at yourself sitting there and, and try to see what, what you would look like if you were a radical warrior. What would you be getting involved in? What would you be giving? Why would you be using your talents? How would you be praying? Look at yourself, observe that, and then step back into your skin and be it. Alright? It's the time to step up. We, we, we need each other. If we're going to get the work of God done, we need one another. And it can be a defining moment in the life of Woodland Hills Church. And the final thing I want to say is this, pray. Pray like you've never prayed before. How we need this. As Keith said, nothing happens without prayer. This is our, our, our main uh, weapon uh, in the battle. We need prayer covering. Well, Sunday nights we have prayer time. Wednesday nights we have a, a corporate prayer celebration. Uh, you can come to those. Uh, pray in your small groups. Pray uh, on your own. Cover every area of ministry in prayer. Cover the pastors in prayer, the overseers in prayer. Cover others that you know about in prayer. We need prayer intensely right now. It's, it's, it's what goes on in secret that determines more what, what goes on in the battle than what goes on in the battle. When Moses was watching the Israelites fight the Gibeonites, I think it was, uh, you know, the Lord said, hold your hands up. And, and as long as his hands were in the air, the battle was going to the Israelites, but when his hands would drop, it would go back to the Gibeonites. And what the Lord was doing there was simply illustrating the truth that uh, 
Uh, it's what goes on on the hilltop that determines what goes on in the battle. We need, this is a time for solidarity. It's a time for outrageous commitment. It's a time for roaring. It's a time to say, back off sucker. It's a time for intense prayer. And when we do that, we don't just hold the enemy at bay. God now uses it to develop us to be the warriors that he wants us to be. He develops a kind of joy in us we never otherwise could have. The crazy thing about the kingdom is this. In the middle of the battle, it's very unpleasant. You know, Jesus didn't tell us it would be pleasant. But if you step up and stop, and stop negotiating it, stop making it a little part of your life, but really get involved in it, you will discover a joy you never otherwise could have, a peace you never otherwise could have, a love you otherwise could never have. It gets Christianity gets real, and Christianity gets fun when you get on the front lines. You were made for this. You were saved for this. This is what we're called to. And so I encourage you to sell out, unite, and end up in prayer for the body of Christ, for all that's going on here. Okay, I want to I end this thing with, with uh, prayer in three ways. Um, I'm going to make three calls here. And before this is done, we're all going to be coming closer. We can't all get it right up front here, but we're going to come forward as much as possible. Three calls. Number one, and this is how we normally do it, but I'm not feeling very normal right now. If you're here this morning and you're not part of the army, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never said, Lord, I surrender my life to you, maybe you've been playing religion for a long time, but you've never really committed your life to Christ, I want to call you forward right here. If there's anyone here that is like that, time to stand up and come forward. Normally we have people raise their hands and everyone closes their eyes and that makes it easy for them, but I don't feel like making it easy for anybody right now. I just read yesterday in the Bible, Jesus says, if you, if you confess me before people, I'll, I'll confess you before my Father. There's a, there's, a, there's a boldness that the Lord presupposes. Following Him is about being bold. And if you're not ready to do that, maybe you're just not ready now to receive Him. Fine, we're, we bless you. Maybe next week. But is there anybody here who wants to come forward and receive Christ as the Lord and Savior? Stand up right now and come on down. Take a stand for Jesus Christ. Anybody want to do that? And then we're going to call some other people to come around you. And, and before we're done, everyone will be, I'll be up here. Holy Spirit, be moving here. Anybody want to commit their life to Christ? Come on down. Okay, I'm going to pray that we're all warriors. Secondly, if you have been uh, uh, feeling under attack the last two or three or four weeks, in an unusual way, you feel like, like you are taking hits. Uh, and you need support from the body of Christ. Would you stand up and come down here? Just come on down. Just stand, stand right up here. And you, maybe you won't be able to get all the way here. Um, and if you're in a wheelchair and you want to come on down, just raise your hand and, and would someone you know, help them come down? It could be financial stuff. It could be marital stuff. Uh, it could be uh, temptation stuff. Uh, it could be kid stuff. It could just be depression stuff, attitude stuff. Come on down. The battle that we're talking about here, it's a war that we're talking about. This isn't playing church. There's nothing play about this. This is, this is reality here. I'm down here on this call. I got something I got to get taken care of. Just come on down. Good. And, and can we spread out along the front as much as possible here? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. See, I'm telling you, this thing's been going. It, it's, it's absolutely obvious. Uh, when you have the, the perspective of you, you can see the whole, man, the enemy has been, there's always trouble. But what we've been going through the last two, three weeks has not been just ordinary trouble. It's been an intense, it's been an intense pressuring. Weak stuff that's always there, bam, it's just getting manifested. Wonderful. Okay, all the rest of you, we just stand up. In fact,
if possible, would, would, would you come down as much as possible to surround these folks here? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And Holy Spirit, we're asking that you move here in a powerful, powerful way. Isn't, isn't the way we normally do stuff? This isn't ordinary stuff. This is a season. An exciting, joyful, roaring season of war. Right here and right now. All right, praise God. Praise God. And you know what? Overseers, if you have overseers here, would you come up and just kind of stand with me as I lead us in prayer? Praise God. There's overseers here. And you can be praying for me as I'm praying with everybody else. Okay, first... Those who came in the last call, I want to pray for those up here who are, who are being wounded, who are going through the battle. So would you, um, if you're right around here, put your hand on the person in front of you, or you can just raise your hand this way, and repeat after me. Let's pray this as a prayer of solidarity. Heavenly Father, we stand in the gap on behalf of our sisters and brothers who are being shot at. We pray, Lord, for protection. We ask, Lord, that you put a hedge around each of them. We pray, Lord, that you dispense angels on their behalf. We stand in the gap under the power of the cross and we rebuke the enemy of God and we proclaim that our sisters and brothers are kingdom territory. They're bought with a price. They're saved and sanctified in Christ Jesus. And so you, Satan, have no authority on their life. And so we say, get thee behind me, Satan. And we unleash the power of God on their life. Heal their marriages. Help their kids. Touch their bodies. Touch their finances. Help them in their jobs. Help them in their attitudes. Work in their spirit. Baptize them, Lord. In your love. In your power. In your peace. In your tranquility. And in your safety. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now I want us all to pray this prayer. Okay, this is the army of God. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, we will not be pushed. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. We will never back down. Never back down. We take a stand with our eyes fixed on you. When we are weak, we know you are strong. When we don't know what to do, we know that you know what to do. We look to you, Lord Jesus, to fight the battle for us and to fight the battle through us. And so we ask you, Lord, rise up in us Roar in us. Make us warriors. Make us committed. Make us sold out. Make us radical. Put us on the front line. Help us pull the trigger. Give us wisdom. Give us authority. Give us power to fight the battle that we are now in with the confidence that you, Lord God, are victorious. You are mighty. You are holy. You are glorious. You are Lord. You are God. 
You are King of all kings and God of all gods. And there is no defeat for those who are on your side. We stand with confidence, without fear, in the power of the Spirit, knowing that you can turn every hit into an advantage for the kingdom of God. And now, Lord, we just want to give you the praise for one minute straight of, uh, of just pra- praising with your mouth, praising with a roar, and praising with your hands, and let's give him the glory right now. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. No fear. Hallelujah. 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 But I just get a picture of the enemy. Demons alongside of him. Going, oh shoot. They blew it again. They blew it again. Keep your head on straight. Keep your head on straight, which is simply to say, abide in Christ. Know who you are, know whose you are. There's no fear. And I'm telling you, as you can sense right here, it gets fun. I mean, yeah, it's, there's some sorrow. There's this bad things. But, but uh, it, when, when you rise up and roar and get in the battle, this is when it gets good. This is, this is what you're wired for. You know, and, and, and uh, you, live, you live for the roar and you have a good time. You die, you go to heaven, you, you, you love that too. You know, it's, it, there's no way to lose in this thing. But to stay in the spirit, sell out, sell out, get committed, get radical, get in the fight. Father, I just pray, Lord, as we leave this place, Lord, we would do it with a roaring spirit that just is united together under Jesus Christ that says we will not back down. This is your ballpark and no bully's going to push us off. Father, I pray for those who maybe struggle with fear. Father, just seal it in them. Give them a peace that passes understanding. Lord, grow them. Use this to grow us all to be the warriors that you know we can be. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Love one another. Hug one another. Greet one another. 
Um, if you want to stick around up here uh, with the prayer team, stay up here and pray for those who need further prayer. If you want to know something about joining the army, uh, becoming a believer over in this area, we have a person who will be glad to help you with those kind of questions. Otherwise, go forth, be valiant. I'll see you in about a month. Keep me in prayer. Keep the church in prayer. Amen.